What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Happy day after Thanksgiving. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero, and with me, as always, is Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. I uh, was telling you, I'm still full from my Thanksgiving dinner yesterday. It was absolutely amazing. Best Thanksgiving food I've ever had in my life. Uh, and I know 49ers fans are pumped after eating all that food and then watching the Saints get their booties kicked. And now the 49ers are officially the seventh seed in the NFC. So just a great Thanksgiving altogether. As we sit here right now, the 49ers are in the playoffs. I did not think we were going to be able to say that two weeks ago, but here we go. And by the way, you mentioned your Thanksgiving food. I just want to tell everybody, Michelle had two turkeys at Thanksgiving. That is doing the day <laughs> right, Michelle. One was fried and one was not. I don't even know how it was made. It was just seasoned perfectly. Both were amazing. And I don't even like turkey. I always said like <laughs> turkey can go. No one cares about turkey on Thanksgiving. And I take it back. It was amazing. Um, I just currently have never had good turkey. I heard the deep fried turkey is like amazing. Oh, I've never had gosh. it. It's so good. Oh. And like you're being so unhealthy anyways that day, you might as well go for the deep fried. Oh. Do it up. Yeah, you, there's no healthy Thanksgiving. Like, you just have to accept the fact that you're going to, you know, you're going to consume some calories that day. That's all. Uh, wow, we're going to get into everything coming up with the Niners and the Vikings. We're going to get it was a good day for the Niners, as you mentioned yesterday. We're going to mention the prop bets. Got a little work to do when it comes to the prop bets. But before we get into all that, we always tell you if you take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to read it on the show, which brings me to this review five star review. Title Best Niners Podcast. It comes from Ham Bones OLNVF. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that's what I'm going with. And it says, I look forward to all the shows throughout the week, and I really appreciate diversity of opinions offered. You all strike a great balance between objective analysis and passionate fandom. Also, sorry, stats, but you and Levin complete each other. That's a little, like, I don't want any compliments on Levin. That's just no. But I appreciate the review. Thank you. It's much nicer than the review we got for yesterday's show, Michelle, which someone said I had a fat voice. They said fat I sound voice. fat. <laughs> you are the complete opposite of that. You are a twig. Yeah, they said, oh, I looked you up on YouTube. You're skinny. You sound fat. But other than that, you offer good stuff. I was like, what? I don't even know what that means. But what if you were fat? Who cares? Why? What does that matter? I don't understand. But anyway, like I said, you take the time to leave a review. We will read it on the show. Uh, so you mentioned it. The Saints lose yesterday. They are in free fall. The Niners are in the seventh seed. The Dallas Cowboys lost again. They seem to be kind of struggling here. Like all of a sudden, the NFC is coming back to the 49ers a little bit. Yeah, the Rams can't win, and they're they're playing the Packers. Like one of those two top teams in the NFC have to lose as well. It's really interesting because two weeks ago, we were like pretty much giving up on the 49ers season. They get their butts kicked by the Cardinals. It looks like they're just like dead in the water. They can't, you know, they just look terrible out there. And then the last two weeks, they look like one of the best teams in the NFL. So they completely turned around in about 0.5 seconds. Kyle Shanahan heard me criticizing <laughs> him um, and he took it to heart and he, he turned himself around. He's looking good. He's got his team on track. I don't want to say anything, get ahead of myself, but. It's very possible the Rams lose to the Packers this week. That would put them at seven and four. If the 49ers win, they'd be at six and five. Like, let's not just assume that the Rams are going to finish in second place in the NFC West. Like, you know, we got a long way to go here. Niners still have one more game against the Rams. They've won five straight. It, everything is on the table potentially for the 49ers, which is nice to see, like you said, because two weeks ago, we just 
did not think that that was going to happen. Um, We're getting before- way too ahead of ourselves here with the playoff picture, but true, I will true. say, I don't know how much higher the 49ers want to get, right? Like, I don't know if you want to be that fifth seed because right now the Bucks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are sitting at the third. That's the last team. I do not want to play Tom Brady in the playoffs. Like, give me any other team besides Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So, like, I would be eyeing them to see where you want to land because being the top wildcard seed this year might not be a good thing. And I think that Brady would have an extra little chip on his shoulder to playing against the 49ers because that's the team he wanted to go to when he left New England. He wanted to go to San Francisco. Seth Wickersham had it in his book that he wanted to go to San Francisco. I used to work with Chris Sims at NBC, who's very close to Kyle Shanahan. Chris Sims was telling me before the whole Wickersham stuff came out that that's where Brady wanted to go. So I think that if they played the 49ers, Brady would say, oh, yeah, you don't want me? I'll show you. And we know Tom Brady with a chip on his shoulder, usually that's not good. So I, I hear what you're saying about the Bucs. Yeah, and he just he'll create a chip no matter what. Like any True. team he's going to face, he's going to figure out a reason why he's angry. It's like uh, Michael Jordan all over again, and he's just the last last quarterback I want to face in the playoffs. Uh, I as a Steelers fan, I'm haunted by him in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm just haunted by him always. It's it was a rough 15 years there, but um, yeah, it was a rough know. decade and a half. By the way, it was your Steelers put you through the ringer last week. We'll get to that later in the show. Oh, they're so bad. I think that uh, getting back to the discussion that Brady would also have a little chip on his shoulder playing against Garoppolo because that was the guy that was supposed to replace him in New England. And before we get to the prop bets, uh, I want to get to this. It's actually my nuke block of the week. Nuke block. I'm tired of people asking Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo about him sticking around in 2022. Like, could we stop this? Because Jimmy's had a couple of good games. Like, first of all, it makes no sense because if they lose the next two weeks, the season is basically over and they're playing Minnesota and Seattle. So, like, there's no use in asking Jimmy Garoppolo in November if he's going to stick around next year. There's way too much left to go. And by the way, he makes $26 million next year. Like, do people not realize the 49ers have to play Debo and they have to pay Nick Bosa? And they have to pay George Kittle and Trent Williams and Fred Warner all the money that they signed up to pay them. Like, they can't have a $26 million a year quarterback if he's not playing at an elite level. And we know Jimmy Garoppolo does not play at an elite level. So stop this idea that he's going to stick around in 2022. It's not going to happen. And not even just about the money. You give up three first-round picks to go get Trey Lance. Like, you got to just move on at that point. He could win you a Super Bowl this year, and it still doesn't make sense to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo or unless you're going to trade Trey Lance. That's a whole other question, but also it's just a stupid thing to ask right now, because I mean, what is Kyle Shanahan going to say too? like, no. And then like, you're <laughs> asking this guy to like win you games and bring you far in the playoffs. Like, yeah, like there's no right answer to this right now. It's just a silly question to ask. Like just focus on the season, enjoy the wins. You'll figure out the quarterback situation in the off season. And that's pretty much what they said. I mean, Kyle went as far as to say like Trey is the future, but Jimmy Garoppolo was just like, hey, like, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And the other thing that I noticed with Jimmy, too, is he didn't say he wanted to stay, right? He didn't say, like, well, we'll see what happens. I'd like to stay. Because I think that he's probably at a point in his life where he's like, you know what? I don't want to have this guy breathing down my neck, looking over my shoulder every single series. Like, maybe he wants to go somewhere where he's just the established guy and he can, you know, try and, and make his way somewhere else. And he will get a job somewhere else. There's so many teams that need a quarterback this offseason. season. 
and this 2020 quarterback class is garbage. Like there's some, <laughs> there's, there's some decent guys, but there's not a single guy coming out of this class that I think will change a franchise that's, that's bad right now. Like they're not going to make a difference. So Jimmy Garoppolo's like right now is playing for a contract with another team and, and he's showing that he deserves it. All this talk just coming from the last two weeks of the 49ers when they've been really, really good. I have to wonder though, if you could flip the lat, the order of the games, right? So let's say the Niners played the Jags two weeks ago and won, and then last week they blew out the Rams. I feel like that would really get people going, like, look out for the 49ers, here they come. But the fact that they beat the Rams and then beat the Jags, I feel like there's not as much momentum there. Are you buying into what we're seeing from the 49ers as something that uh, they can continue going forward? I am because I think they're doing it in a dominant fashion. It's not like they just squeaked out a win against the Rams and then they beat up on a bad Jaguars team. Like they dominated the Rams and then they dominated the Jaguars. There's a lot of good teams this year that have lost to bad teams or made games far too close. And the 49ers are like, no, this team is below us. We're going to kick their <laughs> booties. And they did it. So I, I do believe what they're doing. I think this game this week against the Vikings is massive. They need to prove that they're, you know, they always beat up on the Rams. Oddly enough, they, they do it. But right now the Vikings are kind of a similar team to them where it's like they've had a on and off type of season. One second they look great. Another second they're like, oh, what is wrong with you? Um, so I, I think this is a team they need to, they need to prove it. I think it'll be a close game. They need to prove that they can win in a close game and, and toughen it out. Yeah, I agree. I don't think this is going to be like the last two weeks have kind of been just kind of like nice, relaxing wins. The 49ers have gotten leads early. They haven't really had to face a ton of pressure and they've just gone through and handled their business. This week is going to be back to the edge of your seat. I'm living and dying on every single possession, every third down, every Jimmy Garoppolo pass. Like it's not going to be comfortable this week. Yeah, the Vikings have five losses this year, and those five games, they've lost by combined 18 points. Wow. That's 3.6 uh, average margin there. Like, that's so tiny. They are losing games by basically nothing. Uh, that's, like, what the Vikings do, I feel like. So this game should be close. Like, I expect it to be close. And the 49ers or, the, like, these two teams need to prove they can win in close games. The Vikings did it last week against the Packers. Can they do do it twice. I don't know, but the 49ers hopefully can come out and, and win a tough close game. This is the type of game that the 49ers could not have won early in the season, right? Because when the games are this close, it comes down to penalties. It comes down to generating turnovers and not giving the ball to the other team. The 49ers were doing all of those things early in the year, and that's why they were losing. The past two weeks, as I have said, they have seeming seemingly cleaned up all of their problems. They, they stopped doing everything bad and started doing everything good all at the same time, which is why they look so good. But if you're going to win a close game like this against the Vikings, you have to generate turnovers. You can't turn the ball over. You can't commit stupid penalties that extend drives. They have the Niners have done a good job of stopping that the last two weeks. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep that going against much better competition this week. Yeah, it will be a little scary because the Vikings are good. At, you know, they're, top of the league in sacks or near the top of the lead in sacks. They're good with the turnover differential. Like Kirk cousins is does not, he takes care of the ball. He is the best touchdown interception ratio in the NFL this year. So Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to take care of the ball because you know, Kirk cousins is going to do it. And I, I think that's the key here. If Jimmy Garoppolo looks like he has the last three weeks, they, they should win this game. 
But if Jimmy Garoppolo has an interception or has a fumble, that could change a game that should be incredibly close. Like I expect this game to be a three point game. Um, and one turnover could change that for the yeah, 49ers. Absolutely. I have visions of Jimmy Garoppolo fumbling the ball in the pocket, dancing in my head, which I'm trying to trying to stay positive here on the show. Uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll get into some of the props for this week. We had a little bit of a tough week last week, so we're going to try and bounce back for you. But Michelle's got her picks. I've got a couple picks of my own and we'll try and win you some shekels back here on the gold diggers podcast. All right, let's get into the props. Last week was a bit of a rough one for us, Michelle. We have been kind of like cruising along. We hit a bump in the road last week. You correctly nailed Debo Samuel over five and a half rushing yards. I mean, <laughs> what a joke. He had that after like two carries. Congrats to you. Unfortunately, with all those rushes, he didn't get his receiving yardage total, which was 73 and a half. And then the other picks we had were Jimmy Garoppolo under one and a half touchdowns, which we've had for weeks here. And Garoppolo's on a career best three game streak of two touchdown passes. So that one didn't hit for us. And then Dan Arnold over 43 and a half receiving yards. He got not zero. only did he not hit it, <laughs> he did not get a catch in this game. Now, in our defense, the 49ers had the ball for basically the entire first quarter with a 13 minute and five second drive. So Jacksonville only had three quarters instead of four, but not really our best week prop wise last week. No, it was terrible. And Dan Arnold was leading the Jaguars and receiving yards each of the three games before that. It's just apparently um, Fred Warner has figured his <laughs> crap out. And, you know, Dan Arnold was not going to do anything in that game. But, yeah, that was a rough week for props for sure. All right. Well, we'll try and do better this week. There's a bunch of interesting numbers on the board. Um, what's your most confident prop this week? All right. So. Lost last week on Debo Samuel over his receiving yards, but I'm going to take it this week, especially if Elijah Mitchell is back. I think Elijah Mitchell goes back to rushing the ball more. Debo's not used as a running back as much, so he'll be running more routes. Um, but uh, his over is only 67 and a half receiving yards. The Vikings are allowing the second most receiving yards per game to the wide receiver position this season. That's 195 receiving yards per game. They're allowing to just wide receivers. Wow. And it's like, Brandon Ayuk has been better and in getting more involved, but like there's not really any other wide, wide receivers that get involved with the 49ers. So a lot of those yards are going to go Samuel's way. And then the Vikings slot cornerback Mackenzie Alexander has allowed the fourth most receiving yards out of the slot in the NFL this season. So I think Debo Samuel is just going to eat in this game. And then they have his 20, his longest reception at 23 and a half receiving yards. He has done that in eight out of 10 games this season. Wow. So if you're just looking at the odds, it's an 80% chance that he's going to have a reception over 24 receiving yards. Uh, so I, I love both of those bets for him. That's a really interesting one because for his career, Debo said, I think it's either his career or this year. I can't remember, but he's averaging basically a first down in yak. So it's not like he needs yeah. a deep 25 yard pass down the field. He could take an eight yard pass or a 10 yard pass and just run the rest of the way. So I love that over for Debo Samuel. I agree that there's not much in terms of outside of the big three guys for the Niners. Like, and they have been leaning on them heavily. Kittle, Debo, I, like, it seems like Kyle gets it. Like, Hey, let's just get the ball in the hands of our best players as much as possible. And chances are good things will happen for us. I like that. I think you, uh, what you're saying about Elijah Mitchell makes a lot of sense, too. If he's back, Debo's not going to have as many carries. Um, I personally, even if he's not back, like Jeff Wilson and Trey Sermon are fine. They can do the job. Like, 
I know that Debo's cool as a running back. I, I hope he doesn't get as many carries as he did last game. Give him a couple in the red zone and stuff, and you know maybe he can get it in for you. But I don't need to see just like a random toss to Debo Samuel. Keep him at wide receiver. Yeah, because you definitely don't want to increase his chances of getting injured either. Mm-hmm. If Debo Samuel gets injured, this offense is going to look completely different, and uh, you, you can't have your star touching the ball in the backfield that often. He's fantastic at it. I mean, he could literally be a running back. He's just a, such a good overall NFL player, but you really need him to stay healthy. So hopefully they limit his touches back there this week. All right. So that's two on Debo. What else do you like? Uh, so the other side of the ball, I'm looking at Dalvin Cook. They only have his rushing yards at 77 and a half. Uh, that, I don't know what Vegas knows that I don't know because he's <laughs> hit that uh, in each of the last five weeks since he's, uh, you know, since he got injured in week four. He's hit that in every game he's played after that. So if he's healthy, he's going to hit 77 and a half rushing yards because they feed him. Even if he's not doing well in that game, they don't stop running the ball. And Dalvin Cook is their entire rushing offense. And he's played some hard defenses. He played against the uh, Carolina Panthers in week six, 29 carries for 140 yards, 4.8 yards per carry against them. Like they're a hard rushing defense. Dallas has been pretty hard. He hit the over in that game. Baltimore's rush defense is good. 110 rushing yards in that game. I don't see how he doesn't hit the over, but again, Vegas, they're not stupid. So I don't know why his rushing yards are so low, but I'm smashing that over. I'm worried, honestly, almost as much about Cook as I am about Cousins in the passing attack. The 49ers rush defense this year has not really been great. That was one of the reasons no. the Cardinals were able to beat them up with Colt McCoy is because James Conner was picking up four or five yards every single time he ran the ball, which kept which kept Colt McCoy out of long third down situations. So I agree with you. 77 and a half. The only thing I could think of is that maybe Vegas is like, look, the 49ers are, are rolling right now in terms of just keeping the ball and keeping the yeah. ball away from the other team. That would be, I think, the only way that Cook doesn't hit that because I agree, like he's going to have opportunities. There's going to be yards there for him to gain. So my my question to you is, can you really count on the 49ers to have another 10, 11, 12-minute drive? Like they've done it two weeks in a row. It's not a very easy thing to do to to bet on that sort of, to you know have faith in that to happen for a third straight week. I'm not quite sure is the way I would go. I don't know if they'll have one that long, but I think they're not going to have issues holding onto the ball and moving slowly because the Vikings aren't a very good defense whatsoever. Like I said, they're allowing uh, quite a bit of yards through the air, at least to the wide receiver position. And then the rushing, they're allowing 4.8 yards per carry this season, which is the most in the NFL. 127 rushing yards per game, fifth most in the NFL. So as long as like I, I would really like Elijah Mitchell to be playing in this game, if he's back there or even Jeff Wilson's running it, like they should be able to move the chains, running the ball, uh, passing through the air. Jimmy Garoppolo has been on fire, so I can see them having another 10-minute uh, possession. It doesn't worry me uh, with Dalvin Cook, though, because Mike Zimmer is obsessed with running the ball. Like, <laughs> he wants to be a running team, and he's never going to abandon that. Last season, they'd be losing, and he wouldn't abandon the run. Like He just doesn't do that. So I, I still think Dalvin Cook's going to see 20, 25 carries in this game easily, and if he does that, he's going to hit his over. So I'm happy with that. And then, like I said, Elijah Mitchell plays. He doesn't have an over-under right now because it's still questionable if he's going to be out there. But with his injury, maybe they'll keep his rushing yards low. And if he's out there, I expect him to get at least 12 carries. 
So if it's anywhere around 50 to 60 yards, like I, I want to take that over. That makes sense to me. So we got Debo receiving yards and longest reception. We got Cook rushing yards. And what is your third best prop for this week? So I'm going to take Justin Jefferson. I'm going to go with the star for the Vikings. Uh, I, I know no one on the Jaguars did much of anything, but that's the Jaguars. And no one does much of anything on that team. Anyways, Cooper Cup, this uh, just two weeks ago, he had seven receptions for 83 receiving yards just out of the slot against the 49ers. <laughs> the Vikings like to move Justin Jefferson around. He he goes outside. He goes in the slot. Like They're not going to just keep him in one spot. Like you said, they might have to pass more if the 49ers hold on to the ball. And he Justin Jefferson has just been on fire. He's getting so many targets. He's so talented. I don't know if any of the 49ers corners can cover this guy because there's not very many corners in the NFL who can. Uh, his over is 84 and a half receiving yards. It's quite high, but just like Cooper Cup a couple weeks ago when I said you, you just take that over, it was like 96 for him. Yep. You got to do the same thing for Justin Jefferson. They have his longest reception at 26 and a half receiving yards, which seems incredibly high but he's done it in seven out of ten games this year and one of those games that he didn't do it he had 26 yards as his Ooh. longest so just missed it uh so i probably don't want to take that because it's a little too high but i will take his over 84 and a half receiving yards to me the only way he doesn't hit this is if kirk cousins kind of goes into a shell a little bit and that's something that mike zimmer has actually publicly been talking about actually zimmer and cousins the past couple of weeks, Zimmer has basically said, I'm telling Kirk, push the ball down the field, be aggressive, you know, don't worry about it. If you throw an interception, whatever. And Cousins even said last week he had about five passes down the field that he thought were too aggressive, but he made them because he knew Mike Zimmer wanted him to push the ball down the field. So it, I think it's the kind of thing where like if Nick Bosa is just going crazy and getting after Cousins and pressuring him consistently, then maybe Kirk does kind of go into a shell a little bit and doesn't push the ball down the field. And that kind of keeps Jefferson's numbers down. But if Bosa, you know, can't get home consistently, I think there's going to be opportunities for Jefferson to make plays. And by the way, Adam Thielen's on the other side, too. So it's not like you can just load up on Jefferson and forget about everything else. So I think Jefferson's going to hit his over. Thielen's over is 58 and a half. That seems a little high to me. I don't want to go over that. Thielen's more of like a threat in the red zone. But to me, the 84 and a half on Jefferson seems really low. I think that even if the 49ers are blowing them out, like there's no game script where Jefferson doesn't get his yards to me. Yeah, unless the Vikings blow out the 49ers, but I don't see that happening either. And so what we're saying now with Mike Zimmer telling Kirk Cousins to throw the ball down the field as the last couple of weeks, we've seen that happen for Justin Jefferson's numbers. Like if that correlates there, because over the last two weeks, Jefferson has 143 receiving yards in week 10 and 169 receiving Man. yards last week. Like he is on fire and Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo right now in this season, they are killing it. And on passes of air yards over 10, they're both Kirk Cousins is first and Jimmy Garoppolo is second in pass rating uh, for passes of 10 plus yards in the air. So we love to hate on Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball deep, but he's actually been fantastic this season at doing it. And he's only behind Kirk cousins um, and passer rating on those type of passes. So this should be a game where they can air it out on both sides because I'm not scared of either secondary. Okay. Well then let's go there. And by the way, I did not know that about Jimmy. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, his over under and passing yards for the game is two fifty and a half. Kirk cousins is two seventy and a half. I want to say take the under on Jimmy, but he's been putting up some decent 
decent games lately. The Cardinals secondary, like you said, not that great. And I think that, frankly, there's going to be opportunities for Debo to catch and run and Kittle to catch and run. So I don't necessarily know that Jimmy's going to have to make a bunch of really deep, aggressive passes to gain yards. Uh, so I think I might go with the over with Jimmy Garoppolo. Is that crazy? I mean, the last two weeks, he's had 182 and 176, and they've won handedly. So maybe that's why, because they didn't have to pass. <laughs> uh, you would expect this game to be closer, so he will have to pass more often. I don't know. I don't want to touch it. That's just my stance. I don't want to touch it. And Cousins, too? Her Cousins is so confusing. Because one week he'll look like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And another week, like you said, he goes into his shell and he just looks like he can't get anything going. I would take the over for him if I had to go one way. Um, But again, I just I don't love doing these bets on these quarterbacks because so much about the game can just change anything because the 49ers can beat up on the Vikings. And then Jimmy Garoppolo had a great game, but he still doesn't hit his over and receiving yards. Like I mm-hmm. like to stay away from those in general. I agree with you. It That seems to me to be the most unpredictable. Like I feel really confident that Debo is going to get over 67 and a half cook. Like you mentioned Jefferson, but the, that total for the quarterback, like I just don't know, especially with, like you said, both of these teams are kind of like run first teams. They would prefer to just keep the ball on the ground. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. I wonder, like, with Kyle Shanahan in this game, Kirk Cousins is his first love. He loves him some Kirk Cousins. (laughs) He's the quarterback he wished he had. He's the quarterback that he was, quote, in mourning over, according to John Lynch, when the Niners decided to get Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle was in mourning that he didn't get Kirk Cousins. I don't know, like, it's almost like is there an opposite of a chip on the shoulder? Like, if Cousins is beating the Niners, is Kyle Shanahan like, oh, Kirk, look how good he is. I just <laughs> There's something weird going on there. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. I just – he does remind me so much of Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, he's he's pretty solid. I'll say Cousins is a better quarterback overall than Jimmy Garoppolo. Agreed. Like, he's solid, but he's not going to be the difference maker to win you a game. And I don't – like, he just doesn't – do it for me. He's like right on that line where he's almost an elite quarterback, but he's just, he's not, he's not there. And he's clearly never going to get there. He's far too in, into his career, but he just doesn't feel like a Super Bowl winning quarterback to me. See, this is the problem with Cousins. I've called him the human sweater vest. Like there's nothing about him that's like inspiring. You know, there's nothing about him that like screams leader. But I have to say, at least this year, at the end of games, He has gotten it done almost every single week, whether the Vikings have needed a touchdown or a field goal. If you go back and look at every game this season, pretty much every time Cousins has got the ball, gone down the field and made sure Minnesota got what they needed to get. Even last week against the Packers, you know, Minnesota takes the lead. Then all of a sudden, boom, Rodgers comes out and hits Marquez Valdez-Scantling for a 75-yard touchdown. One play, right? Like, does Cousins get discouraged, depressed? No, he just goes out, leads the team down on a drive, sticks the ball in the end zone, gets the two-point conversion. They then go into overtime, and eventually Minnesota win. Like, Cousins has been getting it done in late-game close situations, which is why this game, like, the Niners better get up by two scores because I feel like if we're in that spot, Cousins is going to find a way to get it done again. But the Vikings also find ways to lose a lot. Like I said, they lost three games by uh, combined 18 points. So they are losing close game as well, but they are winning close games too. Like they don't blow out teams. They don't get blown out. This is going to be, I can't, 
I can't picture 49ers in a close game right now. Cause I feel like it's the same <laughs> thing for the 49ers either. Like they're the opposite. They either get blown out or they blow someone out. So like, at least as of late, it's hard to picture how Jimmy Garoppolo is going to respond. If he gets the ball with two minutes ago down by four points, like, does he get into the end zone? I don't know. I can't picture it. Like I can't picture how he would react in that situation. Yeah, I have more faith right now in Cousins to get the ball like in a two-minute situation and drive down the field and get it done than I do in Jimmy Garoppolo. And part of that is Kyle doesn't seem to have faith in Jimmy Garoppolo in those situations, especially before the half. Like the Niners are running the ball to try and get the clock down, and then Kyle will take like one shot down the field. And if it's a completion, then maybe he can try and eke out a field goal. And if it's not a completion, then he just like turtles up and they go in the locker room. At least the Vikings have faith in Kirk to, to try something. The 49ers do not have that in Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't come down to that because I do think Jimmy Garoppolo in that type of situation, I could see him throwing an interception or, you know, making some type of mistake. I I, I do feel confident that the Vikings defense is is struggling. They're not they're not elite whatsoever. And they, they have some injuries on that side of the ball. Plus they're dealing, um, you know, with that whole situation with, why can't I think of his name right Everson now? Everson Griffin. Yeah. Everson Griffin. I, he's not playing this week. No, I, I, no, imagine, I can't no. imagine. So they, they're having some injuries on that side of the ball as well. They might be missing Rashad uh, Breland. That would be a loss, even though he's pretty bad. <laughs> he's a pretty bad cornerback, but still, he's a starting cornerback that they could be missing because he's been limited in practice. The 49ers should have no issues moving the ball in this game. It's just about having no turnovers. Um, I, I think that's key. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be safe with the ball because you know Kirk Cousins is going to be. And Garoppolo has had some dicey games against Mike Zimmer in the past. Zimmer is a really good defensive coach and game planner, and he does a lot of confusing things and he disguises coverage a lot of the times. That is not Jimmy Garoppolo's strong suit. And we've seen with even going back to the playoff game that the Niners played in 2019 against them, the second Jimmy threw some balls that could have been intercepted by the defense, Kyle basically immediately took the ball out of his hands and just started running the hell out of it. So that could be that I could see that happening again in this one where maybe Jimmy makes a bad throw early. Even if it doesn't get intercepted, Kyle Shanahan's like, "Uh oh, here we go again. And he just starts handing the ball to Debo and Wilson and Sermon and whoever the hell else, just anybody literally to keep it away from Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And they could succeed doing that, though, because, like I said, the Vikings are really bad rush defenses Mm -hmm. this year. So if Elijah Mitchell is healthy and out there and he's able to get the ball often then I'm all for that I am now a little bit nervous about I I don't know if I would take Elijah Mitchell over because every time he's come back from an injury he's had quite a few of quite a few of them this year they limit his touches and Jeff Wilson is there so I think they would split 50 50 uh so I don't know if I feel good about taking either one over I think they're both going to be efficient I just don't know if they're going to get enough touches so again just to recap Debo Samuel over 67 and a half receiving yards over the longest reception of 23 and a half yards, Justin Jefferson over 84 and a half receiving yards and Dalvin cook over 77 and a half rushing yards. And by the way, if you are busy, you can't write this down. You can't remember it. Don't worry. I always type up a post on NinersNation.com that has our three best prop bets of the week for you. So you can always go and check that out. If you want to refresh your memory to make your bets later, feel free to go and check that out. Okay, before we go, I always like to talk to you about your Steelers. Last week, Michelle, they had an incredible game. Ben Roethlisberger and the offense just goes nuts in the fourth quarter. I thought they were going to pull this thing out. Then uh, Justin Herbert, you know, 
gets a deep touchdown pass to Mike Williams and the Chargers end up winning. How do you feel about your Steelers? Do you feel better about the offense now as they head to Cincinnati for a big game in the AFC North? No, I don't feel any better about the <laughs> offense because this is what they do. They're down. They have to do that in the fourth quarter for a reason because they're so incredibly bad. The rest of the game, the offensive play calling is atrocious. It's disgusting. My dad doesn't want to hear it because he's like, they scored all those points in the fourth quarter. It's like, I bet you Ben took over at that point because he had to do that a lot last year too when they weren't doing anything. He was just going up and calling his own plays and they're moving the ball. No, we ha- we were down by that much because the play calling in the when you- we were down at the five yard line multiple times was disgusting. Like <laughs> just run the ball with Najee Harris four times if you have to. He's going to get in, and if he doesn't, I'll take that right. But sometimes they don't even give him a, a single shot. It's just I have no faith in the Steelers. They look terrible. Their defense is straight garbage. I know they're missing their best three defenders last week, but they're allowing also they're tied with the Vikings for allowing the most yards per carry. So they're just going to get destroyed by Joe Mixon on the ground. I think the Bengals win this game handedly. Minka's back this week. Does that give you any sort of hope? Yeah. And TJ Watt is too. Like they should be better. Uh, TJ missing TJ Watt was massive last week and Minka and Joe Hayden. They were missing all three of those guys. So with all three back, they should be better, but I still think, if Joe Mixon can do his thing, there's no chance because Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. He'll hit Chase. He'll hit um, Higgins and they'll win. It's fine. It's going to be fascinating because you've got Pittsburgh and Cincinnati in the AFC North. And then Sunday night is Cleveland at Baltimore. So, I mean, it's possible Steelers pick up a win. If Cleveland wins, that division is just going to be super tight. Well, the Ravens should have lost to the Bears. They like The Ravens should have like seven losses this year. <laughs> you can't kill the Ravens, man. They're they're really not a good team. I don't know how they keep winning. They're winning like in really disgusting fashion, but there's not a good team in the AFC. There's really just not. I think probably the Chiefs at this point might be the best team, which is crazy because they look so bad to start the year. Do you what do you think of Buffalo now? I mean, they just whooped up on the Saints. Is your faith restored in them? I know you've got your Zach Moss jersey in the background there. Yeah, he was inactive last night, uh, healthy and active. No, I mean, the Bills looked fine. Josh Allen threw two interceptions in the first half. If the Saints had any offense whatsoever, true, that game could have been bad. I, I, I don't like any team in the AFC this year that like looks good. I, I think the Chiefs make it back to the AFC championship, probably win it. So, yeah, I just... There's really no good teams in the NFL this year. <laughs> what just... I've said is like every single team has an ugly loss, like at least one. Some Multiple. have more than one. The yeah. Bills lost to the Jags. You know, the Niners got beat by Colt McCoy and the Funky Bunch for the Arizona. Every Dallas lost to well, the Raiders and the Broncos. Like every team just seems to have a hiccup, at least one, um, so, which makes it exciting because I think anybody could beat anybody. That's cool. But yeah, we have not seen like the dominant like literally, I think the number one seeds in both conferences would be totally different if the season continued on after 18 weeks. Like it's just going to be like random who happens to be at the top at that particular time. Yeah, it's somehow like the Patriots have looked really good. We'll see like what happens between the Titans and the Patriots this week. Like That's a really interesting game because, yep. again, I don't think the Titans are a very good team whatsoever. And somehow they're eight and three. Like how? We'll see like Ryan Tannehill against Bill Belichick's defense, I think, is going to just fall apart. They're eight and three, but two of their losses have been to the Jets and Texans. Like, explain that. It makes no sense. But I also don't think, like, 
Bill Belichick, like I think his team is so good and his defense is so good and Mac Jones looks great, but I don't think in the playoffs, Mac Jones is going to win you a playoff game yet. Like, I don't think he's there. Uh, so I just, I'm not scared of any of these teams. The issue is the Steelers look so bad too, that <laughs> I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs to even have a shot at, you know, any given Sunday. My theory is Mike Tomlin got the tie now, so he could go eight, eight and one and still not lose his streak of having a winning record or at least a non-losing record in every Why season. Why wouldn't he just want to win? Well, he they can't, though. They're just not good enough. So that that's the best that they're going to be able to do is 8-8-1. Eight, eight, and one. That's my prediction. It makes no sense because they have good players. Like, <laughs> I mean, I just, the court... It's, the play calling is, I, I I don't know. Like, yeah, Ben doesn't look great, but he doesn't look that bad either. And the play calling is just my least favorite thing ever. I didn't think it could get worse than last year once they fired uh, their offensive coordinator, but they all they did was promote the quarterback coach and he looks just as bad. It's funny. Like you think of the Steelers, I think of Ben, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders. Like there was a collection of offensive talent in Pittsburgh that was as good as anybody has ever had in the NFL. And now they're just an absolute shell of themselves. But I wish you luck. I'll be thinking of you as the Steelers are playing. I always do. I'll be rooting Thank for the you. Steelers for you. So hopefully you have a good week. Hopefully I have a good week and Steelers win, the Niners win, and then all hell's going to break loose because if the Niners win, the hype train is going to be off the rails out of control going into that game against the Seahawks. It really will, and the Seahawks look terrible. So we'll terrible. see if, We'll see if they have a third straight week of doing absolutely nothing. But, yeah, they didn't. Russell Wilson has come back and not looked like himself whatsoever. Yeah, something stinks in Seattle. Pete Carroll's leaving press conferences early and then coming back. Like, nobody's got any composure in <laughs> Seattle right now, and it's great to see. Please keep that going. Uh, keep your ratings and your reviews and your comments going. We really, really appreciate them. As I said, you take the time to leave it. We will read it on the show, good, bad, or otherwise. If you tell me I got a fat voice, I'll read it on the show. Like Whatever <laughs> you say, we will read. Or like Ron Burgundy when it comes to the reviews. So enjoy your Friday, everybody. Enjoy your week. Michelle, happy Thanksgiving to you. Enjoy your leftovers, which sound like they're going to be pretty good from what you told me. Oh, yeah. You go thanks. You go like turkey sandwich for leftovers. How do you or just heat everything up again? Just heat everything up again and just mush it all together and just eat it. It's going to be so, so, good. so <laughs> good. All right, everybody. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all.